Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we will study God's Word. I'm Jackie Ronan and I'm your family ministry director and I'm so grateful to be here today to be able to share with you this Sunday's sermon. You know, um, I find it quite comical that God gave me these verses to share with you because I feel like I'm preaching to myself. And so I'm a little bit of the pot calling the kettle black here, okay? So we're going to be in this together. Um, I'm going to start off first by asking you, have you ever labeled yourself something like, I am a blank? Have you ever stated it publicly or privately to yourself? What would that label be? You know, um, for several years prior to ministry, I had been in sales and marketing, public relations, marketing communications, and broadcasting. And at one point in time, I was an independent contractor, and I would put teams of people together, and we would go after marketing communications bids. And if we won the bids, I would be the project manager. Matthew 6.27 says, Who of you, by worrying, can bring a single hour to your life or to his life? You know, I would openly tell these artists, photographers, videographers, that I was the designated worrier. I would label myself that. And so they would know that if I was calling them, it was because it was my job to keep us on track and on time and on budget. I was the worrier, and I was good at it. I was excellent at worrying. We're in 10 weeks on our sermon series on James, Faith That Works. And as mentioned in previous sermons, the book of James has been nicknamed the Proverbs of the New Testament. Since it's a collection of wisdom, writings on how to live, how to be in community, how to be the church. And last week, we covered submission to the Lord. Today, we're going to go further into James chapter, thir- chapter 4, verses 13 through chapter 5, verse 6. And we're going to talk about the sin of worry and wealth. Now, I realize these are going to be some harsh scriptures, and I'm hopeful that God has something for us today that brings us freedom. The big idea for today is trust God's will with our life and trust God's will with our wealth. Let's go to scripture. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money, Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, and all such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do, and doesn't do it. It is sin for them. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Wow. 
Your wealth was rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages that you have failed to pay the the workers who have mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who is not opposing you. Wow. Let's pray. (laughs) Lord, what a difficult message this is. Father, we just ask that you open our hearts and our minds to receive this word. Help us to discern what it is exactly that you want us to know so that we can put it into practice. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, at this point in our series, James has been telling us and the believers of his time to submit ourselves to the Lord and to have God lead our lives to do the things Uh, that God has set out for us to do. Last Sunday, our PSWC superintendent, Brian Murphy, said, submission takes intentionality. Will I choose God more than I choose myself? Let's go back to scripture. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or to that city, we'll spend a year there, Carry on business, make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You know, prior to this section of scripture, James is basically telling Christ's followers that your life is not your own. You have been bought at a price and should be willingly, intentional, about submitting to the will of the Lord. And now here in James 4, 13 through 17, James sees and hears Christ's followers making plans on their own to go here, to go there, make business, make money. And he calls them out on it. He says, those are arrogant schemes because they are plans that are made away from God. The important thing here to remember, it was their attitudes. And so in our case, our attitudes. Are we boastful about the plans we make on our own without submitting them to the Lord? You know, when I was 19 years old, I had concocted in my head that I was going to become a marketing manager by the time I was 25. (laughs) I would later learn that that was a boastful scheme right? I was newly married to my first husband at the time. And um, in that season, I had worked at some really excellent sales and marketing jobs. The economy was booming and I was still in university. I can, I achieved that goal. But it came at a price. I can and have run myself into the ground 
with illness and with loss of relationships, loss of friendships, and even loss of a marriage. I thought that that was what I was supposed to do. Isn't that the American dream? Can anyone relate to this? In his book, Playing God, author Andy Crouch discusses coveting what I was not given to steward. I'll say that again. Coveting what I was not given to steward. Isn't it amazing that God has his plan for us? He has things in mind for me to do to accomplish precisely what he created me to do. I need to trust and rest in him. And to me, this was the best news. Crouch goes on further to say, busy, restless, Sabbathless people are idolaters. They have displaced the creator God who both worked and rested with a God who is no true God, a God of restless productivity who could never stop to enjoy, celebrate, or remember. Let's come back to scripture. Instead, you ought to say, James says, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, and all such boasting is evil. If the Lord wills is acknowledging the sovereignty of God and admitting or submitting to the will of God. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. The sin is the sin of neglect, of inaction. If God is telling you to do something and you are resisting, Again, James is talking to Christ's followers. All of these people have received the Holy Spirit into their hearts. I believe that it is the Holy Spirit inside each one of us that nudges us to volunteer at children's ministry, that nudges us to donate to missions, that nudges us to increase our year-end giving that nudges us to volunteer with the homeless, the immigrants, the refugees. Where is God nudging you? I can't tell you what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do with your time, your talents, or your wealth, as that is truly between you and God. But as we look at James chapter 5, 1 through 6, there is a direct warning to the rich. Listen now, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth was rotted. The moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. The corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire, you have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages that you failed to pay the workers 
who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. We see this barrage of warning to rich people. The problem in our context is most everyone who lives and works in a first world country is considered rich when looking at it from a global perspective. Then, of course, there's the reality that we live in California, the largest economy in the, in the union. The vast majority of us in this room needs to be very concerned about these passages. Warning to the rich, the miseries that will come upon you is at the second coming of Jesus and judgment. The riches that you've hoarded will be evidence against you. You've laid up treasures in the last day for not caring for the widows and the orphans and the workers in need. You've lived on the earth a life of luxury and so on and so on and so on. We need to be very careful and ponder on what James is telling us. You know, James just doesn't point out our problems. He gives us a way out of the trap of worry and wealth. He gives us freedom. Verse 15, he says, Instead, you ought to say, If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And in verse 17, he says, If anyone then knows the good that they ought to do, and doesn't do it, it's sin for them. You know, I have been in family ministry for a number of years, some here, but mostly in Hong Kong, where I was a senior director of children and parenting ministry for a large church um, in that international environment. Uh, I lived and worked there for about nine years and then moved here with my family, and we've lived here in the Silicon Valley now about four years. I have seen the problem of worry and wealth and its negative effects on families. I can tell you stories about the similarities in the parenting of children and teens that are overwhelming. Parents dead set on their children winning at the starting line. And so they plan and they overload their children's schedules. You see, it's not enough to be one year ahead in math and science. You need to be two years ahead so you have daily tutoring. You not only have to play one instrument, but you have to play two instruments. You have to have um, one individual sport in which you will master, whether you're a black belt or just some top um, achievement in that. You'll play a team sport, maybe it's soccer, and, you know, to show that you can be a team member, but you, actually you do want to try to be the captain. <laughs> right? Then you'll have one art or photography or cooking hobby, and then finally, actually, you have regular schoolwork. Ha! <laughs> and then maybe at the bottom of all of it, 
maybe you can bring your kids to church. But it is the last priority. We thrive in a world of planning and accomplishing. It's what we do. It's the old adage, he who dies with the most toys wins. There is nothing wrong with planning and accomplishing, but are we doing it out of our own strength or is it God's will? I'll say that again. There is nothing wrong with planning and accomplishing, but are we doing it out of our own strength or is it God's will? Are we so focused on these things that we forget to seek God's perspective in all of it? And do we neglect the things that God is asking us to actually do? Are we resisting the Holy Spirit's nudgings? There can be ramifications for forced plans. Parental love can become performance-based. Anxiety, depression, despair, suicide, unfortunately, can all become commonplace. We tend to hoard material things out of scarcity and worry that we cannot replace things. James is calling us to trust God's will with our life and God's will with our wealth, and he learned it from his brother, Jesus. In Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 25, then Jesus says to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Trust God's will with your life and God's will with your wealth. So now, knowing what we know, what are some of the next faithful steps that we can take to help us trust God more with our life and wealth. I have four. One, time with God. Meditate on the word and listen for the Lord. Take out at least 20 minutes a day to be with him. Intentionally give all your plans over to him and seek God's peace about decisions. Two, time with another. Regularly meet with an accountability partner or a spiritual director to help you discern the nudgings of the Holy Spirit so that we can be of service to the Lord. Meet with them at least once a month. Three, time serving others. Whatever the Lord is asking you to do, do it. Every person has their gift, has their opportunity to share with the world for the glory of God. Consider giving more away at year end than ever before. Volunteering for children's ministry 
missions, of course I'm going to say it, <laughs> missions and in the community, and time for margin. As parents, we need to balance out our children's lives, considering pulling back a bit on all of the extracurricular activities and allow God's margin to have a space in your child's life. Bring your children to church and engage them in church community. Amen. So why does this matter? Jesus came to give us freedom. Always trust God's will with your life and God's will with your wealth. Because if you do, God will give you a front row seat in seeing his work. You'll have a flourishing life full of freedom and contentment of loving God and loving others. Let's take a moment to bring these concerns of worry and wealth to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for calling us to a different life, a life of submission and trust. Lord, where we can give to you all of our plans and hopes and dreams, our worries and our concerns, and that we can be used by you to help others along the way. We thank you for this day, in Jesus' name. And all the church said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.